0: Welcome to Legacy Church. Thank you for joining us in our journey to see our potential in Christ become a legacy in our community. We hope that you're encouraged by this word from Pastor Chad Owens and pray that you will walk away with something incredible from your time here with us. Our school system. How many of you guys are glad to be in church today? How many, you guys know, how many of you guys think I look good in these glasses this morning? Come on, you don't, you don't have to lie in church. If you don't think so, you can say, Chad, you look ugly. And you need to take them off because you're distracting me. Anyway, uh, just one quick thing. Just don't forget about our tithes and offerings. You can drop it in the offering basket as you leave this morning. Or if you're watching from home today and you want to give your tithes and offerings, you can do so on on the church's website. Uh, If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 37. We're going all the way back to the very first book of the Bible in Genesis. Genesis chapter 37, and I, I want you to hold your place there for just a few moments because I've got a, a little presentation before I get to my sermon this morning. And, uh, because we've been in the, this sermon series called The Comeback. And I remember just a few weeks ago, I shared with you. One of my all-time, most favorite movies that I, I, that I love to watch, and I even watched it again this week, and it's called the Mir- A Miracle, which is about the 1980 U.S. Hockey Olympic team. How many of you guys have ever seen it before? If you've never seen it, let me challenge you to go watch it because it is a fantastic, fantastic movie. Well, it's about this Olympic team that come together, a bunch of college students who got selected to represent this great country, and they go and they work hard for months and they put this team together and they, they bought into this plan that, that the coach at the time was, was Herb Brooks and he put this game plan together and all these college students came together and they had a dream that not only did they have a dream of playing for their great country, but they had a dream of winning the gold medal. And they fought hard and they fought hard and they went into this, into this uh, time with, and they had a dream to go and to, to win a gold medal for their, for their country. But you see, just before, the, days, uh, just before the, the games were to happen, the coach set up this exhibition between Russia and the United States before, just before the days of the Olympics were to kick off. Where the Russian team goes and they beat the United States 10 to 3. I mean, they just beat them really, I mean, they just beat them really bad. You see, in reality, if you look at that, you would think that the dream that they had as young men to go on and to play for their country and maybe to possibly win a gold medal after being beaten so bad, you would think that their dream was crushed that their dream was over, because how are, they expo- how are they supposed to go play this team in the Olympics if they are just now playing an exhibition game and being beat 10-3? to 3? How are they going to win? How are they even going to come close? How are they even going to win a gold medal? But you see, it wasn't over because they decided that even in that setback, even in that difficult moment, that not only are they going to believe in themselves, but they're going to believe in those that are around them and they're going to move forward and they're going to go through with the dream that they had to play for the United States of America. You see, they go on and they beat the Russian team who had not lost a game in so many years and they beat them four to three and they went on to the next day to beat. I can't remember the country, but they went on to win the gold medal the next day. Think about that for a moment. This team, this young team that had a dream to go play for their country just days before got annihilated, being beat 10-3, to turn around and go, and they beat the Russians 4-3 to and then they go on to win the gold medal. They had a dream and they stuck to their dream. They had a setback, but they didn't allow their setback to keep them from fulfilling what they had in their mind and the dream that they had in their hearts. You see, at the very end of the movie, you can hear the announcer say with around somewhere around 10 seconds, he says this phrase, do you believe in miracles? Because I'm telling you, that game was nothing short of a miracle. And I want to challenge you this morning, and I want to remind you something today is this, that God is in the business of miracles. Your dream right now may feel like it's crushed. You may be wounded right now. You may be going through a difficult time right now in your life. But I want to challenge you this morning is this, that God is in the business of miracles. And He can take your setback and He can turn it around to a comeback to where you have a miracle in your life. If you just don't give up, if you will just hold on, if you'll just hold on and not give up, that God is going to supply you with a miracle in your life. Why? Because comebacks are miracles. They're nothing, they're, they're, they are a miracle. If you take a situation and you see that it looks dark and dim and, and just looks like it's over, God steps in and He takes that, that comeback and He turns it into a miracle because God is in the business of working miracles this morning. I don't know about you, but that excites me because we need some miracles in our world today. We need some miracles in our family today. We've got some people that have been set back in their life, and we need God to come through, and let's see it come back, and let's see God begin to do what only God can do in our life. God is about miracles. You see, this team had a dream, and even if it, after it was being crushed by this team, they didn't give up. They went on to compete, and they won the gold medal. Last week, I shared with you this this statement, I want to share it with you again this morning, and this is what it says. When we decide, what we decide to do in our setbacks determines whether or not we have a comeback. What we determine to do in our setback determines whether or not we have a, cut, uh, a comeback. You see, over the last, last few weeks, we have looked into the lives of David and Peter, two men who had setbacks in their lives who went on to, to be great men of God and have incredible comebacks in their life. You see, the setbacks that they had in their lives were caused by personal decisions that they made. The setbacks that David and Peter had in their life, they were caused by personal decisions that they made in their life. You see, they made a choice that caused them to respond in a way that caused them to have a setback in their life. Two totally different stories, two totally different moments. But I want to tell you, the only thing that has the same meaning in these stories is that God performed a miracle that the same God performed a miracle in both of their lives. God is in the business of miracles. These two men experienced God's miracle working power and what should have destroyed them, what should have been the end of them, because God stepped in, because God is in the business of of comebacks, they decided to get up from where they were and move forward in God, and they had an incredible, incredible comeback. You see, sometimes we make choices that causes us to have a setback. And then there are other times where we have setbacks that we didn't do anything to cause the setback. We have experienced, maybe we've experienced a setback in our life that wasn't our fault. That we didn't do anything to cause the setback, but there, there happened to be a setback. You ever had one of those moments in your life? I know I have where you look at your current situation and, and, and you go, why in the world is this happening to me? Because you look at your life and you run the list and you go, I haven't done anything wrong. I mean, I've done this and I've done that. And I've tried to do this. I've tried to live the best. I've done all these things. But yeah, why is this setback happening to me in my life? Why is this moment happening in, in my life? You ever had that question before? I have not just once. I don't have enough fingers and toes to count that high. But I've had those moments in my life where I had that same question, why is this happening to me? You see, Job did everything right, but he experienced... Hello, Lord. Yes, Jesus, we will answer you. You see, Job did everything right, but he experienced a setback. Job did everything right in his life, but he experienced a setback. What I love about that story, one day God was admiring Job's life. God's just sitting up in heaven just looking at Job's life going, man, he's a great God, man, look at all this stuff. He's just incredible. And then one day out of nowhere, the old enemy shows up. You guys know who the old enemy is, right? Yes, pastor, we know who he is. Come on, guys, talk back to me this morning. The enemy shows up and he begins to have a conversation with God about Job. And Job and Satan looks at God and he says, well, you know the reason why he is the way he is, right? It's because you've placed his hedge of protection around him. I mean, his household and everything he has, you have it protected. So how can I get to him? How can he have a setback when everything is, is right in his life? I mean, you've blessed him. You've blessed his hands. Everything he does is blessed. He's got all this stuff. I mean, what, he doesn't, I, I can't get to him, so he, he's never had a setback before. But Satan said this, he says, if you take it all away, in other words, if you give him a setback, God, Job will curse you and die and turn away from you. So we know the story. God allowed this happen to Job in Job's life, not once, but twice. And the Bible says that in that moment, Job did not sin in what he said. Everything was taken from him. and He didn't do anything wrong. But he still had a setback. Everything was taken from him. Everything he ever worked hard for was gone. But the Bible says that he, did never, he never sinned against God. Even in the setback. So I can tell you this morning, we will have setbacks in our life that, that we have no control over. That we, don't, that we don't cause. That's not our fault. You see, there's another guy in the Old Testament who experienced a setback who he didn't cause it. It wasn't his fault. You see, he didn't deserve what happened to him. A man that did everything right, but yet he still had a setback in his life. You see, sometimes we have setbacks that, that was caused by something that we did, and we look at that moment in our life, and we, we can look back in history and go, well, now I know why I had the setback, because this is what I did. This is the choice that I made. If you ask David and Peter about the setback in their life, you can ask them, Peter, what was your problem? What happened? David, what happened? It was me. I caused it. I made a choice. I did these things that caused the setback in our life. But when you have a setback to where you can look and say, I've done nothing wrong. I don't deserve this. It's really hard to understand really why it's happening in your life. You see, those moments are hard to overcome. We have those moments sometimes where they crush our spirit. They crush our spirit. They stall our faith. Let's be honest with God this morning. We've all had those moments where our spirit has been crushed, our faith has been stalled, and sometimes we just want to give up. But can I share something with you this morning that that sometimes is hard to believe or even swallow this morning? is this. Sometimes those setbacks that you experience have really nothing to do with you. Sometimes the setbacks that you experience in your life really have nothing to do with you. Think about that for a moment. They really, sometimes they don't, sometimes they do, but sometimes they really don't have anything to do with us. But what they do do is this, and I can't believe I just said that, but I did. The setback that you experience in your life is really not for you, but it's for someone else to see how you respond when you have a setback. Because how you respond when you're setback could cause them to have a comeback. So sometimes your setback is not for you. It may be for other people around you. And that's hard to understand. Well, God, why did you, why did you choose me? Why did you, why did you choose Kim Hendricks? She's a knucklehead. You could have used her. Why, why are you choosing me? Sometimes your setback is not for you, but it's for other people around you. If you'll get that in your spirit, and even though it's still going to be hard when you have a set, setback, somebody may be watching you. That needs a comeback. That needs a comeback in their life. You didn't do anything to cause it. You didn't do anything to bring it upon your life. Neither did Job, but he had a setback. And sometimes our setbacks are not for us. They're for other people around us. You see, the setback that Jesus went through on the cross, that wasn't for him. That setback, his, his uh, sacrifice, everything he went through, it wasn't for him. Do you know who it was for? It was for you and me. That was a major setback. I, I've never had that setback before, even though I might even grow, gripe and complain about, oh God, my setback is so bad. It was nothing compared to what Jesus had. But his setback was for your comeback. Come on. Come on. See that? It was so that you could come up from where you were, out of your sin, out of your miry clay, and to be set upon something solid, and that is our relationship with Jesus Christ. So he was willing to go through it so that you could have a comeback, and so that I could have a comeback in our life. You see, John chapter 9 tells us the story of how Jesus healed a man who was born blind. You see, the Bible says that he spit upon the ground and he made this mud and he wiped it across the man's eyes and he told him to go and wash in this pool. And the, and the man come back with his sight. But what I love about verses 2 and 3, this is what it says in John chapter 9, verses 2 and 3. It says, Rabbi, who sinned? In other words, the disciples look at Jesus and go, well, whose fault was it? Because back in the day, if you had sin in your life, If you had a disease or if you had something in your life, you were the reason why you had it because you caused it. So they look at him and they go, well, who's sin? In other words, whose fault is it? It's got to be his fault, right? It's got to be somebody messed up. It's got to be his parents' fault. But then Jesus says in verse 3, he says, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. His setback caused someone else to have a comeback. It had nothing to do with the fault, that he had. it had nothing to do with him. He didn't do anything wrong, but he had a setback in his life. But Jesus said it wasn't his fault. I, I did this that someone else could see the glory of God through his life. And I believe that in that story that somebody had a comeback because of what just happened to this man. See, he had, the man, the blind man, he got a comeback, but somebody else had a comeback too. He received his sight but somebody else receives something from their life as well. You see, sometimes our setbacks will bring others to their comeback, which brings me to my story this morning. And you're like, Lord, Lord hurry up. You're, you're too long. Genesis chapter 37 is the story of Joseph. You see, Joseph was one of 12 boys in his family. Joseph was actually number 11 in the 12. How many of you guys come from big families? How many of you guys are the child, or your parents' favorite child? Just raise your hand. It's okay. Be honest, man. Yeah, my parents love me more than they love her or him. It's okay. But he come from a big family. You see, we all know the story. We've read the story. And if you don't know the story this morning, I'm going to run through it for you real quickly. Jacob loved Joseph more than he did his other children. So much so that he made this wonderful coat for him. And so Joseph would wear this coat around and maybe Joseph didn't do everything right. Okay, I don't know. But he had this special coat. He had this special coat that, that was made for him by his, by his dad, and, and, it, and it made the other brothers so mad that they couldn't stand him. They hated him. Nobody's supposed to hate, so don't have hate in your heart this morning. One day Joseph decides that he's going to go share dreams with his brother. You see, can I tell you this morning, when you have a dream or were you excited about something, and you go tell somebody else who you think going to be excited about it, and they're not excited about it for you, you're just like, the, the wind just sucks right out of you, right? You're just so excited. Oh my gosh, guess what happened? They're just like, Whew, bless you. Big deal, who cares? That's kind of what happened. He goes and he shares this dream with them because he's really excited. And he, in, in Genesis, chapter, excuse me, Genesis chapter 27 is what I want to read to you this morning. Verses five through eight, this is what it says. Joseph had a dream. And he told this to his brothers, and they hated him even more. And he said to them, listen to this dream I had. We're, we're binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and, and stood upright. When your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brother, said, or his brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule over us? And they hated him even more because of this dream and what he had said. And then he goes on to share another dream with his brothers and they hate him even more. So Joseph decides one day that he's going to go and he's going to go check on his brothers. And even before Joseph gets there, they've already plotted to kill him. They've already plotted to take him out. You got to love some family love, right? They plotted to take him out. So they see him at a distance and this is what they said. Oh, great. Here comes the dreamer. Here he comes. Well, we're going to kill him. We're going to take him out. But there was one brother that decided, hey, guys, let's not kill him. Let's do something else. So instead of killing him, they throw him in a pit. And then they sit down and have lunch. <laughs> Can you just imagine this morning? They're just like eating a sandwich and they're just like, hey, Joseph, loser. Can't stand you. So they sell him to, for enslavement in, in for 20 pieces of silver. And then they take this favorite coat that his father gave him and they dip it in the blood and they tell their father that he was killed by a wild animal. So can I tell you this morning, Joseph really did do, he didn't do anything to deserve the pit. But he was still in the pit. He was still in the pit. He didn't do anything to deserve it. But that was his first setback in his life. His first setback came at the hands of his family. I want to tell you this morning something that you probably already know this and this is so true. Setbacks usually hurt the worst come from people that you love the most. Setbacks that hurt the worst usually come from those you love the most. And that's what happened to Joseph. Maybe they didn't love him, but it still happened to him in his life. You see, some of you in this room right now know what I'm talking about. You've been there. Maybe you've been abused by someone that wasn't your fault. Maybe somebody's hurt you some kind of way. Maybe you've lost trust in someone because of something that they've done to you. Maybe you've been through a nasty divorce that you didn't deserve. Maybe something has happened to your life. Maybe you've had a setback because of somebody else. But can I tell you this morning, God's not done with you. God's not finished with you. Don't stay where you are. Keep moving forward like Joseph did. He had a setback that, caused, that was caused by the people who he thought loved him the most but he had a setback in his life. You see, Joseph did nothing to deserve what happened to him. But what did he do in the middle of that setback? What did he do? That I think what God's telling us today is this. What do you do when you're in the middle of a setback? You trust God, you stay faithful, and you move forward. You trust God. God, I don't know why they threw me in this pit. I don't know why this happened to me. I don't know why this person has responded to me this way. I don't know why this family member is treating me this way. I don't know, God, but I trust you. I'm going to be faithful, and I'm going to move forward. That's what Joseph did. Joseph did that in his life, and he continued to grow in God. You see, he didn't allow his setback to change him for the worse, but it only challenged him to be better. So what we do in the setback determines whether or not we have a comeback. So Joseph is sold into slavery not once, but twice. And he ends up in the home of a man named Potiphar. And for some reason, Potiphar just absolutely falls in love with Joseph. Loves him to death. I mean, he puts him in charge of everything that's in his house. So think about it. His his, his brothers hate him. They tend to kill him. They throw him in the pit. He gets sold into slavery. He's in slavery. Potiphar buys him. And Potiphar loves him so much that he puts him in charge of his entire house. Why? Because he trusted God. He remained faithful, and he kept moving forward. Genesis chapter 39, this is what it says this morning. It says that the Lord was with Joseph so that he, what's the next word? Prospered. Do you understand something this morning? That if you want to see prosperity in your life, you do three things. You trust God, you remain faithful, and you move forward. Because the Bible says if we will do those things, maybe not necessarily in those types of wording, but if we will trust God, remain faithful, and move forward, we will see the hand of God on our life, just like Joseph did. Just like Joseph did. He was prosperous. Everything that he did was prosperous. And the Bible says that he lived in the house of an Egyptian master. And when the master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything that he did... Joseph found favor in his eyes and he became his attendant and Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything that he owned. And verse five, from the time that he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, this is what the Bible says, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of who? Joseph. Joseph had a setback in his life. He remained faithful to God in the setback. He's living in this man's home, being put in charge of his whole household. Well, guess who prospers from it as well? Potiphar, because of how Joseph lived his life. The blessings, the way we love God and how we do things in our life flows not only from us, but to other people around us, just like it did in Potiphar's life. So the Bible says the blessing of the Lord was, uh, was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. Why? Because Joseph did what needed to be done. Even in the middle of a setback and we, choose to re- and we choose to remain faithful to God and we put our trust in Him and we move forward to God, God promotes us to something better and those that are around us benefit from it as well. Benefit from it as well. So Joseph's got this new position in life. He's rocking right along, right? He's no longer in the pit. He's been sold into slavery. He's in the house of Potiphar. He's prosperous. uh, uh, Potiphar is just, everything is going right in Potiphar's house and for him. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, out of nowhere, something happens. Verses six says this. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care and Joseph was in charge. He did not concern himself with anything except the food that he ate. Now Joseph, get this, now Joseph was well-built and handsome. So in other words, Joseph had been in the gym a little bit. He'd been working out a little bit, and he was a good-looking dude. He was well-built and handsome, and after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, hey, Joseph, come on over here and let's go to bed together. But Joseph, look at verse 8, but he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. So what did he do? He said no. You see, that could have been another setback in his life, right? But he said no. If only David would have said no to Bathsheba, he would have never gone through what he had went through in his life either. But he said, you know what? No, thanks. I'm not. I'm not doing that. I'm, Potiphar's entrusted everything in my life. And then it says in verses 11 through 14, it says one day again, he went to the house to attend his duties and no, none of the household servants was inside. How, how, how crazy is that? She called him by his cloak and said to come, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. When she saw that he had left his cloak in her hand, he ran out of the house. She called to her household servants. Look, she said to him, this Hebrew has brought me to us to make sports of us. He came in here to sleep with me, but I screamed. In other words, he got accused falsely of rape and he did nothing wrong. But he still had a setback. He had a setback in that moment in his life. She waits till her husband gets home and she tells her husband what happened and he throws Joseph back in the prison for something that he didn't do. An innocent man is now in prison for something that he didn't do. He experienced another setback in your life. See, setbacks may happen when you do nothing wrong. Setbacks can happen in your life when you do nothing wrong. Joseph did nothing wrong in in this situation, but he still had a setback see, if you look at this story, maybe you ask the question, well, why and how could this happen to Joseph? He didn't do anything wrong. Why did he get thrown in the prison? Why was he falsely accused of, of doing this to, to Potiphar's wife? Why? Because God was doing something through Joseph so that somebody else could have a comeback. Somebody else could have a comeback in their life. You see, sometimes it's not for us to understand why we have the setback. It's just for us to trust God, remain faithful, And keep moving forward. It's not for us to sometimes to understand it or try to figure it out. But we're just supposed to trust God, remain faithful, and move forward. I heard this quote this week, and I want to share it with you. This is what it says. It says this. It says, just because we do it all doesn't mean we deserve it all. Just because we do it all doesn't mean that we deserve it all. You see, can I tell you this morning, sometimes we as Christians, we feel entitled. We feel entitled from something from God. Why? Because we've done something else. Well, pastor, I go to church every Sunday. I'm there every time the doors open. I give my tithes. I've raised my children in church. They're serving them today. You're not entitled to anything. Can I tell you, that's what God expects from you to do. You see, we want God to give us a prize in something that we should already be doing. I mean that's what that's what why he saved us is to live a life a certain way, not so that we can get something, even though he blesses us by how we do certain things, but we're not entitled to anything. But we feel like we are. You see, Joseph had a setback in his life that he didn't cause. He didn't cause it in his life, but yet he had a setback. Shelby, I want you to come on up to the, the piano this morning if you would. You see what happens, when we have a setback, what do we do? We start to complain. Well, this isn't fair. I did all the right things. I shouldn't be going through this. Nobody ever told me I would have this to happen in my life. It's not fair. You know, right? It's not fair. But God is still good. He's still in the miracle working business. So that was part of a story that Joseph didn't understand, but he still went through it. And I'm going to hurry because I want to finish this morning. Verses 20 through 23, this is what it says. But while Joseph was now in prison... The Lord was with him he showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of of the prison warden so the warden put Joseph in charge of of all those held in prison and he was made responsible for all of the all that was done there the warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did he's now back in prison for something that he didn't do but what does he keep doing trusting God remaining faithful and moving forward. And God did something incredible in his life. See, Joseph find himself in prison. And one day, there's two guys are thrown into prison, one the cupbearer and the other the chief baker from the king. Well, they had these two dreams and they can't figure it out. And think about this, from this moment on to when the last time that Joseph had a dream, it's been years since Joseph had a dream. Well, they have these dreams, and Joseph's like, hey, I can interpret those dreams for you. And he interpreted those dreams for them. And exactly what happened in those dreams is exactly what Joseph told him is what happened to both of them in their life. One of them died. The other kept living in the, in the king's palace. And out of nowhere, somewhere along the way, about two years later, Joseph is standing in front of Potiphar, interpreting the dreams of Joseph, uh, that Potiphar had that nobody could interpret and because of Joseph interpreting those dreams, listen what happened next. Joseph was set over all of Pharaoh's kingdom. Every, he was the second one in command under Pharaoh. Pharaoh places Joseph over all the land in Egypt. And what did Joseph do? Joseph went around collecting the food. Why? Because he knew that there was a famine that was about to happen. There was seven years of goodness and there was going to be seven years of famine after that. So he goes around collecting all this grain, setting everything aside, putting it everything aside for when those seven years of famine come. So he's preparing himself for that time. And then the famine hits and the people from all over the land, they start going to Egypt trying to find food because they don't have food in their land. They can't, t- they can't plant stuff. They, nothing is happening. So they go to Egypt to find food and guess who's in charge? Joseph. So people start asking Joseph and all because of what Joseph did, people uh, and because he remained faithful to God and he was put in charge of this certain area in, the, in his life, people was able to have food. And what they thought was going to be a setback in their life actually became a comeback in their life. Why? Because of what Joseph chose to do when he was in the pit, and when he went to prison and when he was standing before Potiphar and not only Potiphar but also the king. He chose to do those things is the reason why these people had food in in their bellies. During a setback, Joseph did what he needed to do which provided for everybody in the land to have food and survive. So sometimes your setback is not about you, but it's about other people around you. Is exactly what happened to Joseph's life. You see, then Joseph's brothers come up to Egypt for food. And the funny thing about it is they didn't even recognize him. They didn't even know who he was, but Joseph recognized them, right? Because when you've been hurt by somebody, you don't ever forget what they've done to you. You may forgive them, but you don't ever forget And that's what Joseph, Joseph standing there looking at him. Joseph didn't forget him. See, Joseph had the right to, to send them away because of what they did to him. But he didn't. He chose to do the right thing in that moment. You see, our setbacks are so much bigger than we are. And when you choose to do the right thing in your setback, it means that there may be other people around you that have a comeback because of what you did in that moment. And then it says in chapter 45 that that Joseph finally reveals himself to his brothers. They didn't even know it. They had no idea that it was Joseph. He finally reveals himself to them. And the Bible says that Joseph breaks down and he begins to weep. Think about that for a moment. All of those years, he begins to break down and weep in that moment. Why? Because you know what? He could have treated them completely different, but he didn't. He still cared for the ones that hurt him the worst in his life. And he began to weep. He began to weep in that moment. You see, Joseph looks at them and he says this He says, I'm Joseph. His brothers stood there in awe, and they couldn't even answer him because they were so afraid of what he was going to do to them. And I can, I can only imagine. And then he said it a second time I am Joseph, you know, the one who, who you sold into slavery. And then Genesis 45, 5 and 7, this is what it says. And this is the whole point of my message right here. And now, do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for, uh, for selling me here. Because, listen, it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. In other words, Joseph's like, hey, what you intend to destroy me with, God turned it around to bless you with. See, you didn't know what was happening. I didn't really know what was happening, but it was to save lives. For two years now, there's been a famine in land and for the next five years, there will be no plowing or reaping, but God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. Sometimes our setbacks are not for us, but they're for other people to have a comeback. And then it says in Genesis chapter 50, if you would stand with me this morning as we get ready to close out our service. And then we're going to pray over our students and teachers. So if someone would quietly step out and get Miss Teresa and bring the kids in, if you don't mind, I would appreciate it. Genesis chapter 50, verses 18, 18 through 20, this is what it says It says, His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. And, and they say this We are your slaves. But Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid. I am in the place of God. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Everything that Joseph went through was to save many other people in his life. See, sometimes we have setbacks that really are not for us, but they're for other people around us. And that's exactly what happened in Joseph's life. He trusted God, he remained faithful, and he kept moving forward. So my question to us today is this. What will your response be when your setback happens? Because it's not if it happens. It's when it happens. Because at some time in your life, you will have a setback. Something will happen to you that that you had no control over. But what will you do in that moment? Are you going to trust God? Are you going to throw your hands up and forget God? Are you going to remain faithful to Him? Are you going to keep living the life that God's called you to live? Are you going to keep moving forward? What do we do? Joseph made the right choice. And because he made the right choice, other people's lives were saved. Because of the choice that he made. See, it's in our setbacks that He brings others to their comeback. I want you to bow your heads all over this room this morning. Thank you once again for joining us at Legacy Church. Stay tuned in to our website for updates on events and check out other messages under the online listening tab. We'd love to see you, so join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Have a blessed day.